Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. I knew how I didn't want to be. I knew exactly how I didn't want to be. You know, so I, I got a job. Um, I was a teacher's aide for the Aboriginal Community Campus for a year. And I got involved with like uh, drafting centers, group homes, uh, anything that would help save other youth from what I had gone through. And he continues to help people up until this day. We're joined today by Dominique Cantois. He says it's thanks to two very important people in his life that he is who he is today. Those two people are Ken and Margaret. Unfortunately, Ken was taken two years ago in a tragic incident. Today on Connections, he's going to share a little bit about what happened. He'll also share how he's using this as an opportunity to help other kids. He's holding a fundraiser. We're going to hear all about that and so much more today on Connections. We're joined today by Dominique Cantois. His life growing up wasn't always easy. He grew up in a home filled with alcohol and plenty of challenges. This was until he met a pair of wonderful people, Ken and Margaret. We're going to hear all about them coming up in a little bit. We'd like to get to know you a little bit better. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your childhood childhood, and what that was like growing up for you. Um, wow, <laughs> my childhood. Um, it was it was tough. It was uh, filled with a lot of um, drinking in the home and violence, um, things like that. Um, depending on uh, family friends, sometimes to help us with food, um, a lot of that became more prominent as we got older. Uh, as our my father died when I was uh, nine years old from cancer. So a family friend, uh, they stepped in. They're always there, but they stepped in majorly after our father passed away. Um, Sorry? Growing up in a home like that, what was that like for you as a child to experience that growing up? It was scary, but normal. If that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. It does (laughs) make um, You come home after school and not knowing if your parents are going to be drinking or if they're going to be sober. And you're kind of hoping for the sober. And, uh, yeah. Um, I don't know much more to say about that. But, yeah, it was pretty scary as a, as a kid. Um, you know, well, I don't know what stranger's going to be in your house this week drinking with your parents kind of thing. Because they brought a bunch of people home from the bar. Now, you said your dad passed away at, when you were just nine years old due to cancer and things got worse. What happened from there and, and what, how did that, the loss of your father, impact your life? I kind of went downhill for a bit. I pulled away from uh, people that were trying to help more. I got myself involved with um, ex- experimenting with smoking and things like that as I was growing up. Um, my mother, my maternal mother, she uh, got involved with a guy about six months after my father passed away. So that was pretty um, upsetting. Yeah. And uh, he, he was also a big drinker. But he also, he worked, though. So he'd go away to travel for work and he'd come back. But the whole time he'd be back, they'd be drinking kind of thing. So it was just kind of status quo. Sorry. How far into your life? Did you realize that, hey, this isn't actually really normal? Like, this is this is sort of a problem, and this is not typically how a kid is raised. Uh, when I was about 
23 when I found out I was going to be a dad for the first time. I started waking up myself. Um, I went back to school because I had dropped out. Uh, I got involved with drugs and drinking and things like that on my own and lived my own um, turbulent lifestyle because I had nobody but myself to worry about, right? So things didn't matter. Um, and uh, it was, it was, I didn't really care about things, you know? Um, as long as I was drinking on the weekends, working on the weekdays, it was all okay. So I was, wasn't hurting anybody but myself, it was okay. What was it like during that time? Um, a lot of blackouts. <laughs> huh. Yeah, uh, a lot of blackouts and um, just regrets and bouncing from job to job because you can't hold one or you, you just don't feel like working there that week. Um, moving in and out of apartments because you didn't pay your rent instead of drinking, kind of things like that. I, I lived the life my parents raised me in for the first part of my adult life. Then you said at 23, when you were about to have your first child, that kind of, you know, turned the light bulb on in your head. What happened from there? Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll rewind back a bit. Um, I had a very serious relationship with a girl. And uh, I was not a nice person to her at all. Not abusive, but trustworthy, things like that. You know, manipulating her, um, just being a terrible person. And then she kind of, she broke up with me. And that was probably my first real big love. And uh, I moved in with the people that um, took care of us, Ken and Margaret. And uh, they said, you can either work and pay rent or you can go to school. But you're going to be doing something. So I chose to go back to school. I graduated from the Aboriginal Community Campus in Winnipeg. And uh, that's when I I met a girl. And uh, we had uh, Memphis together. or Our first daughter, sorry. And, uh, yeah, I, I knew how I didn't want to be. I knew exactly how I didn't want to be, you know. So I, I got a job. Um, I was a teacher's aide for the Aboriginal Community Campus for a year. And I got involved with, like, uh, drop-in centers, group homes, uh, anything that would help save other youth from what I had gone through. And this is something that you continue to do. You brought up Ken and Margaret a little bit there. Tell us about Ken and Margaret, who they are and how they impacted your life and helped you to become who you are today. Uh, Ken and Margaret, they're the, they're the salt of the earth, you know. They're, um, they'd be model parents. They never had any uh, children of their own, but they certainly raised us like we were their own. Uh, my brother Rob and I, um, they... Uh, they would take the shirt off our back. Um, every moment they could spend teaching us something, they would. Um, they helped culture us. They helped show us that there's more to life than just drinking and um, fighting and promiscuous lifestyles. And they were really the backbone of us being able to break that cycle. And Ken would take us out. Sorry? You keep going. Sorry. Oh, uh, Ken would take us out. Um, he would teach us, like, Ken was a master carpenter, and uh, he would teach us how to build houses from a dirt in a, uh, ground in a hole and framing and things like that. But every time he would teach us something, it would come with a moment of this is why you're going to do it. And it, it was like a lesson for life. And he was just a wonderful man. How did they originally come into your life? How did you meet them? 
Oh, my brother Rob and his friends um, were actually picking crab apples, and Rob was about four. I was maybe one at the time, so I wasn't there. But um, they were picking crab apples, and they climbed on Margaret's shack, and um, I guess it was one of those rickety shacks that would a good wind would take it down kind of thing. And uh, they caught Rob up on the shack and all his friends ditched him. (laughs) And so Margaret and uh, her husband, Jack at the time, got him down off the, uh, got him down off the shack and dusted him off, brought him home kind of thing. And that's where it spawned from. So. And the relationship grew over the years. Yeah. Yeah, she would help uh, with groceries, a uh, safe place for us to be. Uh, my parents would drop us off a lot while they would go drinking, that kind of thing. Um, as uh, I became a teenager, I was really resentful because um, my sister had had kids that she was unable to care for, so my mom kept them. Thus, me and Rob raised them. And she'd call me home from school while she'd go drinking and I'd be babysitting or they would go to the States on weekends and I'd stay at 12, 11, 12, 13 years old, um, keeping the house down while they would go to the States for the weekend drinking kind of thing. Yeah, it was a uh, pretty terrible. It was never, um, I was never physically abused unless you count getting pushed into a laundry basket one time. But, um, I was very, very mentally abused and, um, emotionally abused. There wasn't really that parental love. No, not at all. Now, unfortunately, Ken was tragically taken from your lives. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, 2020, um, Ken was driving home because uh, uh, Margaret, would fl- she flies up north for her work. And so Ken goes out to his home in Roseisle while she's gone, and then they kind of meet up on the weekends. So she was flying in, I guess, and Ken was on the, making his way back. And uh, earlier in the day, there was reports of um, uh, I, erratic driver in the area on the number three highway. And um, nothing ever came of that, but Ken was driving. And I guess that person had uh, made the wrong choice. And they, they, um, they, um, met in a head-on collision and sadly um, that individual was in a coma for a while um, Ken is uh, Ken was taken from us um, almost instantly what was it like to receive that news when you heard the news uh, I felt very dizzy um, didn't believe it at first um, just kind of like shocked um, yeah, it was pretty mad. Um, I felt like a little kid again, um, lost, you know, like, what's going on here? I, I need Ken right now. This isn't right. You know, um, angry, anger came out. It's um, two years I, later and you guys are holding a fundraiser in mm-hmm. honor of Ken and Margaret. K&M Cycle 230. Tell us about this fundraising group, why you've decided to start it up, and what you're hoping to do. Well, I was struggling for the last couple of years. Um, I didn't think it was fair how he was taken from us. Um, the world doesn't stop for people when they die. Tomorrow's going to be Friday. 
100,000 people die. It's just the way the world works. I don't like that. I think Ken was one of those people that the world deserved to stop for. Um, it was just wholesome. So I wanted to pay tribute to his life and his memory. And it's actually a charity that I started. Um, so it's going to be an annual thing. And it's going to be ongoing. Um, and it's to help raise money for nonprofit organizations to work with inner city um, organizations or that help give people who need supports that they need. Uh, like one of the places I worked for was Andrew Street Family Center, and they have a great uh, after-school program for kids to stay off the streets, and um, they have great family supports there for like, resume building, job finding, and they have community laundry, meals, and things like that. So I know Ken always had a paid-forward kind of a mind when you can help somebody help them and don't expect anything. So that's where that came. I put my love for cycling um, with his desire to help people, like myself growing up kind of thing. And they could maybe get a hot meal that they didn't get or simple things like watching a movie at the drop-in center because your VCR is in the pawn shop. You know, it's just, I want to give back as much as I can and make a bigger mark as I can in Ken's honor. And the simplest so, thing can make the hugest impact. Oh, absolutely. Like I tell people when I make my videos on my Facebook page that hey, if you don't want to have Tim Hortons that day, send me the money. I'll put it together. I'll send it to their United Way link. And uh, all the dollars add up. Like right now, we've raised $1,140. That works out to $4.95 a kilometer I'll be driving on July 9th, which is 230 kilometers is the route. I can drive every day. Tell us a little bit more about that route and why it's so important to you. Um, I haven't been down that highway since Ken was taken from us. Um, and I think it'll be a bit of a healing process for me as well. And it's the number three highway. Um, I remember numerous times, I can't even count the times I went down that highway with him. And um, he was always a safe driver. Not cautious, but he was safe. And um, so... That's why I, wanted, I chose that route for the first time, since this is the first year for our charity. And um, it's going to be grueling. It's Like I said, it's 230 kilometers. Um, I can't remember the last time I went over 120 kilometers. Um, and it's going to be a good day. And the sun's going to shine. And we'll be thinking of Ken that day. Because my mom, Margaret, she can't even drive down that highway right now. How can others get involved? Is it just financial or can they also join as cyclists? Uh, this year I'm having a hard time finding cyclists actually because it is a big, big deal. Um, and I'm pretty new and the word I, I'm having trouble getting the word out yeah, other than like the Facebook, Instagram kind of thing, right? But uh, they could definitely, if they want to ride and at their own volition, you know, like uh, I can't be responsible for anybody being out on that highway. Uh, but we do, are looking for five to ten riders, and they can email us at knmcycle230 at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook. You know, um, we do have a United Way link that's posted in our Facebook group page as well. Um, I figured United Way would be a great um, sounding board because they're a pretty big organization that does the great group. Uh, the great work with and they take 
nothing from the money that's raised, right? 100% of the proceeds go directly to these programs. And just going back to those programs, like we said earlier, uh, I myself am an inner city kid. I had parents there that gave me the love and all everything they could possibly with the little bit that they did have. So I didn't experience what you went through. But when somebody on the street would care for you or take time out of their day to just say, hey, how are you doing? That small little impact for an inner city kid or somebody who's growing up in a home where there isn't any love can change a life. And oh, we're yeah. seeing it in your life. Definitely like a smile, you know, how are you doing? I'm actually caring about how you're feeling today. That helps, you know, being that smile. Because when they go home, there might not be any smiles. They'll suck that right up, you know. And if they're only showing negativity, they'll suck that up too because they just want to feel loved and they want to feel included. And it uh, depends which way they get grabbed, right? Like, um, we just want to be loved. Margaret and Ken did that for you. Oh, absolutely. Um, Margaret and Ken have been solid for us. You know, even in our adult lives, when we need advice, we go to them, things like that. And uh, they're, they're always there for us. Margaret's still there for us. And, um, yeah, so it's good to hear. What would you say to our listeners that are like, hey, why? Why should I get involved? What would you say to them? Oh. I would say why you should get involved is because, you know, um, there's a lot of donations going on for other organizations, other programs, and there's that. But I've always had the mindset you need to fix your own backyard before you can help others. You know, you got to fix what's broken in yours because it's like abuse, right? Um, we don't know what's happening, but it just gets shoveled under the carpet and forgotten about. Or we don't talk about that. You know, little Susie got abused last night. We're not going to talk about that because today's a better day. Well, I'm, I want to rip that rug off and fix our backyard. For our listeners, again, that want to get involved, that want to help you out with your event and for your fundraising group going forward, how can they go about finding more information and connecting with you? Uh, you can reach out to me at uh, knmcycle230 at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook under knmcycle230. Uh, they can um, reach out by phone. Um, our number is 204-903-6978. Um, I'll give you my brother's, but I can't remember it at the time. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, those are the three general ways right now that they can reach us. And they can find the direct link to the United Way website on our Facebook page. Thank you so much for making time for us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks a lot. I appreciate your uh, reaching out to me too. And thank you so much for listening and for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.